and welcome to this Into the Wilderness podcast with Will Wilson. The wilderness is like the borderland described in A Course in Miracles, where many of the teachings in the Bible and things entrenched in our minds are reinterpreted for our journey home. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this uh, fourth podcast and in this podcast I wanted to take a look at miracles and so I was always curious about the miracles in the Bible um, and the characteristics of those miracles versus the miracles that are spoken of in A Course in Miracles because um, on the face of it, they do appear to be different. So I, I just wanted to speak to um, those, all those miracles and um, just give you my experiences of and my feelings about um, the different types of miracles that have taken place both in the Bible and in A Course in Miracles. So coming back to the Bible, um, apparently there are over 120 recorded uh, miracles in the Bible and um, my, my experience of them in the Bible was that they tended to be really big events and uh, so big that they were kind of about belief belief in God and belief in this is our God who's a mighty God that can go out and um, smite our enemies, but also take care of us. So um, when you look at the, the miracles in the Old Testament, you see, for example, the, the whole idea of the creation. So you've got um, God being the creator um, of the whole universe and the earth and the animals and everything in it, including man. Um, and then you also see, uh, particularly in the period um, before Abraham, um, this these events um, of a worldwide flood, or this event of a worldwide flood, a huge event um, in which only eight people were saved. Um, you see the confusion of the languages uh, at Babel. Um, you see these cities that were considered um, corrupt, um, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. You see those cities um, destroyed. Um, you see uh, supernatural uh, conception, um, which took place with... Um, Abraham and Sarah having Isaac when uh, Sarah was um, way beyond uh, childbearing. So um, very big miracles. Also 
after um, Abraham's time and coming to Moses, uh, you see the, 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 the ten plagues. Um, again, very, very big, um, uh, obvious uh, events, supernatural events, which in those days could only ever be explained by a God. Um, so throughout the course of um, the time when the Israelites came out of Egypt, uh, we see many, many miracles being performed, um, particularly um, by a saving and a smiting God. So many of the miracles were about uh, destroying the enemies of the Israelites as they entered into the promised land. Um, we see their journey through the wilderness when they left uh, Egypt and they were miraculously provided for. Uh, we see many of the events that occurred um, with the use of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, so that was a very special symbol that was being used by the Israelites to prove that God was with them and would carry out these miraculous events. So again, you know, my, my thoughts around those um, miracles were, were really, they were showing uh, that the, um, the God of the Israelites was superior, um, that there was every reason to believe in this God um, as having the powers to look after them and to take care of them. But at the same time, you had to be obedient to the laws that were given by this God. Then you come to the, the New Testament. And um, so you've, you've got the miracles there, and, and they are big miracles too. Uh, for example, you've got, the, um, you've got the miraculous conception of Jesus uh, in a manger. Um, but supposedly, by, by all accounts, uh, not by um, uh, his father Joseph, but by a greater father, God. So he was considered the son of God, and that was the miracle that um, by um, a miraculous conception, a miracle took place, and now we had... Um, a son of God appear. Then you had the star of Bethlehem that accompanied that. Um, then, then into Jesus' ministry, um, the the first miracle that he performs is an interesting one from several perspectives. So he, he turns, he goes to this wedding, and he turns the water. To wine, which is the interesting part about that was uh, in Egypt when Moses was delivering his people, the first miracle that he did was also in relation to waters, the Nile, but he turned the Nile into blood. So you see this sort of comparison between Moses turning the waters of the Nile into blood and Jesus turning the water 
at the uh, the wedding to wine, and he would later say that the wine represented his blood. So you can see that there's this connection between water, wine, and blood. Um, but then um, he went on and he did many other miracles uh, which were related to healing, um, mostly to healing, but also to um, providing. So, you know, we, we see the miracle of the fishes and the loaves where the people there were shown through this miracle that he could turn um, these uh, objects um, into uh, an abundance and in a way that that was representing um, what Jesus really stood for which was an abundance in everything including healing and then there's the the they're not that he didn't actually do miracles in, in this particular occasion but it was where he was out in the wilderness after he had just been baptized and supposedly he was confronted by Satan and he was um, he was asked by Satan to perform these miracles and Jesus refused so I always saw that as um, being uh, you know, Jesus' attitude towards miracles was that he wasn't just going to perform them for the sake of performing them um, at the behest of someone who was going to say, I'll just prove prove that you can do these miracles. Um, the miracles then would always be beneficial and um, for the purpose of healing. So uh, in the case of Satan, or the ego, if you want to use that word, um, <laughs> the, the, there was obviously no desire for healing in, in that confrontation. So anyway, that, that, those are the miracles that occurred in the Bible. And as I said, they, they had this sort of outward appearance, uh, a clear and obvious outward appearance, including... Um, in Jesus' case, the raising of the dead. I'm going to say that was a big event, and for those that uh, witnessed it, uh, there was nothing like it. Nothing like it. Uh, it was true that in the Old Testament, there was an, an occasion where um, someone that was dead and actually bones um, came alive, um, but in this case, it was someone that had just recently died um, and was actually in his tomb Lazarus and it was well and truly after the third day so his, his body would have been com uh, decomposed and Jesus told him to step on out and then we have the account of, of um, that resurrection and then of course we have the account of his own resurrection and what took place there afterwards so those were the characteristics of those miracles that occurred um, in the Bible and how they were described. When, when I started studying the Course, um, 
I was kind of looking for that type of thing. And, uh, you know, I guess in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, uh, Course in Miracles, uh, that will teach us to be something like, um, get us to the ability to do something like what Jesus did. So we could go around healing people, raising the dead, um, you know, creating abundance, that type of thing. And ostensibly so. So big events. But um, as I went through the course, um, it, it was clear that that's not what the Course in Miracles was actually about. Uh, that was not to say that events like that could not happen. Um, and I believe events like that have happened in A Course in Miracles by various people. Um, but they haven't been the big events that are talked about in the Bible. So it had me look at what exactly a, a miracle is uh, from the perspective of A Course in Miracles. So I thought it'd be useful just to read out what it says. So this is uh, chapter 13 in the, the course, What is a Miracle? And it says this, A miracle is a correction. It does not create nor really change at all. It merely looks on devastation and reminds the mind that what it sees is false. It undoes error, but does not attempt to go beyond perception, nor exceed the function of forgiveness. Now, I, I found that, those sentences, fascinating, absolutely fascinating in the my new my my better and greater understanding of what miracles are so basically it says it doesn't change anything right meaning it doesn't change anything externally it merely looks on devastation and it and so everything external is viewed as is actually devastation and so that's that's correct when you think about um the the son that who forgot to laugh and who as a result of that false or erroneous thought that occurred in his mind when he ran away and created the cosmos as we know it the cosmos is the devastating thought that in that he had in his mind that there was something wrong and so the miracle is about correcting that devastating thought and its purpose is to remind the mind that has had that devastating thought that the thought actually is false And so the bit here that says it does not attempt to go beyond perception nor exceed the function of forgiveness. 
those two phrases in that sentence were the the light bulbs that went on it doesn't attempt to go beyond perception the miracle does not attempt to go beyond perception because the miracle is in the world of devastation the miracle is in the world of perception and its purpose is to act within that world to undo it so it does not go beyond the world of perception it's only ever coming into the mind that is seeing this world it's coming into the mind that's perceiving this world and that is where it operates so it's actually a function of the spirit uh, to come into wherever we're perceiving ourselves to be and working with that to unwind it and so it doesn't exceed the function of forgiveness what does that mean what exactly does that mean so how i look in that now is that the function of forgiveness is yes it's to bring us back to our proper estate right it's to uh, for us to release um, our perception of the devastated world but when I see those words does not exceed the function of forgiveness what that means to me is that the function of forgiveness is actually to accept the atonement accepting the atonement is accepting a that we are at one that we've never not been at one but in terms of forgiveness it's also accepting that everything from the beginning to the end and the end is done it's actually been and gone so the beginning and the end is all over it's accepting that all of that the beginning to the end has been given as in permitted by God and that's that that's an interesting thought that it was permitted and given because he knew that it would run its course that the that if the thought of devastation ever came up it would be permitted to run its run its course um, to bring it back to its end point which would be back in heaven so that was all given aforetime so the, the the idea of this is that god was well aware of all the possibilities that occur could could occur in heaven including the impossible possibility that the sun could become fearful and want to and take things too seriously and want to run away and create a cosmos uh, in which he tried to hide so knowing that 
you could say that the Holy Spirit was created as a an automated response that would occur if and when the Son ever went there and the Holy Spirit would pre precede the Son in that thought and the Holy Spirit's function would be a continuous set of miracles in the mind of the Son that had that devastating thought a continuous state of occurrence of miracles that would keep bringing the mind back so continuous correction that is the operation of the Holy Spirit and its correction would be to keep saying this devastation that you see is not as you would have it be and that it is being permitted while you're having that thought because God does not crush your thoughts um, but the operation of the Spirit would be to show that the, that thought of devastation and desolation has no meaning and can therefore run its course and be over and done with in the instant that it occurred that's that's the point as instantly as it occurs in the same instance it is undone through the operation of the miracle and through the operation of these corrective actions by the spirit the only difference is for us is that we are um, on a timeline and it's it's only by being on a timeline that you can have the perceptions that we have that can only occur on a timeline that is an extended timeline which appears to be millions and millions of years long that timeline can only occur as a as what you would call a dilation of time in other words um, it is t time stretches the event out so if the event actually occurred in a milli nanosecond a zillionth of a zillionth of a second the timeline stretches that zillionth of a second out to make it seem like it's millions of years old and then uh, in our minds we have this perception of time and all the things that are occurring in the cosmos so the miracle is the correcting of our it is actually showing that time does not exist in the way that we have perceived it to exist and that time is over but that is what forgiveness means for me it means that everything that is occurring in the state of perception 
is permitted. It was actually forgiven. And that's why we can be okay with everything as it is. And we can accept everything as it is. Because by accepting everything as it is, that is what we are doing. We're forgiving it. We're, so forgiving actually means accepting it, is, it has been forgiven. That's what forgiving is to me. Accepting that it has been given aforetime and on the basis that it would run itself out in an instance. What the ego has done is created this trick that makes it appear that it didn't run itself out in an instance, but that it had millennia of time to run. But that's the ego's trick of time. So that's this next part in What is a Miracle? It says, thus it stays within time's limits. So it's operating within the time line, the time frame, and the time limits that the ego has created to establish it itself as real. And because the mind has accepted that and perceiving it that way, the spirit uses the miracles within the timeline and keeps adjusting our outlook and correcting it to bring it out of the timeline. And that's why we're often told that to, to see our way out of this, we have to get off the timeline. So that's an operation of, of the spirit through the miracles that it brings. Then it also says in this chapter, yet it paves the way for the return of timelessness and love's awakening. For fear must slip away under the gentle remedy it brings. So that highlights how the timeline is sustained. The timeline is the stretch of the timeline, the dilation of the timeline, to, to use a term, can only occur through fear. It's fear that pushes the timeline out to what it is. So the miracle comes along within that timeline, within that time limit, and it paves the way for the return of timelessness and love's awakening by zeroing out the fear. I call that zeroing out the gravity, zero gravity. So in my experience, the timeline is stretched and has, has um, a distance, for want of a word, by virtue of fear, which in turn is gravity. It's gravity and fear 
that cause the timeline. So th that's my concept of it. And so what I mean by that is it's gravity that actually caused the problem in the first place. So it's the, the sun took things way too seriously about what had happened. And so that, uh, that attitude that um, what, what came about in the sun's mind wasn't just fearful, it was grievous. And it's through the grievousness that gravity came about and created the timeline. That, that's, that's how I look at it. So um, the uh, chapter 13 continues and says, A miracle contains the gift of grace, for it is given and received as one. And thus it illustrates the law of truth the world does not obey because it fails entirely to understand its ways. Here's the, here's the point. A miracle inverts perception which was upside down before and thus it ends the strange distortions that were manifest. Now is the perception open to the truth. Now is forgiveness seen as justified. So all of that, um, how it speaks to me, it, it, it's a gift that is um, given and received as one. So um, when you see everything as given, but also uh, complete, so um, everything that, that the world um, of devastation is, is over, it's done. So it's a, um, it's a, uh, a single thing, like, like um, uh, when it says a gift of grace, it is given and received as one. It is a single thing because in it there is no time, there's no distance, there's no uh, perception between when it was given and when it was received. It was given and received at the same time. No time there. So that's why a miracle is considered as containing the gift of grace, for it is given and received as one. So you know, when you can perceive of that, when you can think of that as an entirety, it's given, allowed, permitted, everything runs as it does because in the moment that it runs out it comes back in and therefore is received instantly as one so um, the law of truth the world does not obey because it fails entirely to understand its ways well that's exactly right the world can only see things as a linear process and also from the perspective that it's running. The world cannot perceive as everything is over. 
and done. So it fails entirely to understand the ways of the truth and the ways of the miracle that is pointing that out. And so the next um, sentence says it completely. A miracle inverts perception which was upside down before. And thus it ends the strange distortions that were manifest. Absolutely. So um, the perception that there is a stretched timeline, the miracle inverts that and says no timeline. It's a flat line. There's no timeline occurring at all. That timeline, if it's a, uh, a stretched thing, is no longer stretched. It's flattened. And um, a timeline that's stretched is actually a distortion. That's what gravity does. It distorts the reality so that there appears to be a timeline. Gravity does that. And gravity, of course, is driven by the sun's sphere. But now that perception, the idea that there could be a distortion occurring through gravity that would uh, that would um, dilute a timeline, dilate a timeline. I'm sorry. Um, now that's open to the truth because the spirit through the corrections of error is now showing that there's no such thing as a timeline and if there's no such thing as a timeline then perception must necessarily disappear but here's the thing it says now is forgiveness seen as justified that's a really interesting one I love it now is forgiveness seen as justified and how I took that is if you understand that everything was given aforetime to run its course and also accept it as being okay in other words the father goes hey where my son is where his thoughts are that's okay it's just a dream I'm going to let it go out and it will come back in and he will remember and it will be all good. So when you think of it like that, then you go, hey, this whole forgiveness, God permitting it to go out and come in, absolutely justified. You know, he automated this response. He automated the Holy Spirit to come in and declare the miracles to correct that perception and he was Holy Spirit was successful because it all went out and it all came back and it was over in an instant absolutely justified absolutely justified so then we see that forgiveness is the home of miracles Forgiveness is the home of miracles. 
and it has to be because when you see that forgiveness is about what is given in its entirety and its return then that's where miracles live to bring us to that understanding that clear understanding and so that's why we accept the atonement and we accept what has been given aforetime and that's why we can be forgiving it's all done then it says the eyes of Christ deliver them to all deliver to all sorry the eyes of Christ deliver them to all they look upon in mercy and in love perception stands corrected in his sight and what was meant to curse is come to bless each lily of forgiveness offers all the world the silent miracle of love and each is laid before the word of God upon the universal altar to creator and creation in the light of perfect purity and endless joy so when gravity is zeroed out the eyes of Christ deliver them to all this is miracles to all they look upon in mercy and love so the effect of the miracle is to correct the perception so as it says perception stands corrected in his sight and what was meant to curse has come to bless so that thought of devastation that thought of uh, desolation abandonment fear anger hatred all of that that was meant to be a curse upon myself where I have taken on this guilt I did something wrong so instead perception has been corrected by the miracles that have come into my mind that have very very simply pointed out that everything has already been given and it's over so when you understand that when you get it's all over it's finished the mystery of God is now complete then you can bless it's very easy and each lily of forgiveness offers all the world the silent miracle of love because once gravity is zeroed out and the eyes are opened and the perception has been corrected then the only thing that's left is love because that's all there is the perceived world is gone it doesn't exist it never existed the desolation of it is gone because I'm now seeing the forgiven world that is the world that was given from the beginning and it's gone come and gone and it's now replaced in the mind with 
love. And as it says, And each is laid before the word of God upon the universal altar to creator and creation and the light of perfect purity and endless joy. That's all there is. Nothing else. So, then it says, The miracle is taken first on faith because to ask for it implies the mind has been made ready to conceive of what it cannot see and does not understand. Yes. Because the mind's in that state of desolation and guilt, um, the, the notion of the correction has to be taken on faith. Um, yet faith will bring its witnesses to show that what it rested on is really here. And so this is where there is that similarity, I guess, in thought between the miracles in the Bible and the miracles here, is that it is about convincing the mind. Um, that is what the Holy Spirit does, is through the corrections, through the miracles, whatever they end up being, and they could be big events, they could be little things um, occurring in the, the world of perception, um, but they're all convincing me and my mind um, that what I'm seeing is not real, that the desolation and the devastation is not real, and that um, there is every case, there is every justification for accepting that the world is actually forgiven, that, that my thoughts, my serious thoughts about the guilt um, uh, are not justified anymore. And so it says, and thus the miracle will justify your faith in it and show it rested on a world more real than what you saw before, a world redeemed from what you thought was there. So the mind has been changed. So as it said right at the beginning, the, the miracle does not... Uh, does not create nor really change at all. So in that sense, the only change, if there is a change, is to bring your mind back to the truth. So there's no change in the sense that nothing actually changed in the first place. There was no devastation. So that's why it can be said that the miracle doesn't change anything at all, but it has you change your mind about what you're seeing. Um, and the miracle will justify your faith in it and show it rested on a world more real than what you saw before. So that's the convincing job, that the world that we're perceiving is not real and there's something greater beyond that in our memory that we can turn back to. And it's at that point that the world becomes redeemed. It's brought back from what you thought it was. And finally, 
Miracles fall like drops of healing rain from heaven on a dry and dusty world where starved and thirsty creatures come to die. Now they have water. Now the world is green. And everywhere the signs of life spring up to show what is born can never die for what has life has immortality. So interesting that we're back to the the symbol of water and how water is life-giving and um, as a thought Jesus blood was considered life-giving um, hence the idea of uh, water into wine but it's 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 absolutely clear that when we get that realization when it does dawn in our minds that there is no desolation that our our whole thoughts about the world and the guilt and our guilt in it when that thought is redeemed out of our mind then the sense is relief just like healing rain in a dry and dusty world where you know that the, our expectation is that we just live it and die that's it so the miracle really really has and does produce a, a, a resurrection just like in Jesus time um, where the symbol of the world as being green is actually a symbol of our lives being eternal and that nothing no perception can come before that so I'm very very grateful to have received the Course in Miracles to have received the miracle of this understanding and knowing that I am still as God created me. <laughs>